0: Action Park Media. My favorite quote is Samuel Beckett's Ever tried, ever failed, no matter. Try again, fail again, fail better. And after whatever holiday gluttony is in store for me, I am starting another round of cutting on January 1st, and you can join me. Whether you'll be losing weight or making your abs more visible, it's definitely easier with community. So I decided to host an accountability forum where you can see how I prepare to crush it in 2021. Let's all feel better together. I will be doing almost daily video posts on my American Glutton Marco Polo channel so we can work out, meal prep, and do this together. Real time and real accountability. Signing up is super easy. Go to our website, americanglutton.net, and I'll see you January 1st. Hi. Hi. I'm Ethan Suplee. Welcome to American Glutton. Outside of acting, my two favorite things to do are diet and eat. I have a very complicated relationship with food, and on this podcast, we're going to talk about all of it. Food as entertainment. Food as sport. Food as fuel. I'll talk to experts and the average person, just like you and me. On today's episode, Paige and I discuss falling off the wagon and then getting back on the wagon. Please enjoy.
1: Yeah, I mean, it seems it sounds. It sounds fine. Yeah, it's fine. I have no problem hearing you anyway because you're right there. So. I mean, it really is, is so aggressive how you're talking to me. I- I'm talking at a normal pace. I could talk back here. Is that better?
0: No. Do you feel weird on the corner? It's <laughs> it's weird, right? But then, how else are we going to talk yeah, to each no, other? This is good. Um, this is great. Do you feel like you got the short end of the stick on the seats? (laughs) You do. You did. No, you certainly did.
1: I know I did, but I don't mind. You know, I sit awkwardly anyway. Okay. I never fully sit on my chair. I'm always like, so this is fine, but it does sound strange
0: Uh, that you're just in a weird output. I'm
1: Okay, good. But should we, should we see if that recorded?
0: No, it's definitely recording. Great. Um, do we f- just fill everybody in on what we're doing or do we just start?
1: I, is this all cut out? This is going to all be cut out. <laughs>
0: Cuz this seems not professional.
1: <laughs> it seems unimportant to someone's um uh, time needs, time needs, yeah.
0: Understood. I don't so, want to waste their time. No.
1: You could do your typical hello and welcome.
0: Page Dorian Productions at Page Dorian Productions. Welcome, Serenas. Yes. At Page Dorian Productions on Instagram, welcome to American Glutton Podcast.
1: Thank you, Ethan Suplee. It's great to be here with you. I feel somewhat, by the way, how
0: exciting is it that 2020 is about to be over?
1: We're days away.
0: We're going to all wake up January 1st, 2021, and it's just going to be like it was a bad dream.
1: Yeah, I mean, actually, by the time this recording comes out in just a few days... We will be a day away from that.
0: Yeah. So tomorrow, huh. January first, twenty twenty one, everything is going to be different and new and wonderful and exciting. No problems in the world. War is over. If you want it, as John Lennon said, I think. If I'm misquoting, him, I apologize.
1: No, I think you're right, and I'm very excited about this.
0: <laughs> so, what does it mean for real? Like, for real, it's a one. It's a great arbitrary day to pick to go. Like. What, what are my goals what are my plans for this year what what am I gonna do in 2021 let's start right now january 1st what you know it's kind of like we're gonna give ourselves a clean slate um that's an interesting thing also an interesting thing for anybody who was in the middle of doing something who then you know I, I mean, I feel like I've had a a number of holidays in the past where I've stuck to something despite my family chagrin and, and bemusement at me being basically a, a Debbie Downer or a party pooper. Um, and I've made it through, you know, having just turkey breast or whatever was prepared that I could eat. And, um, you know, a tablespoon of peas, felt carby and starchy to me and I felt guilty. Um but this year I didn't do that. This year I I I went whole hog as they say and uh, and it was um scary and ultimately fine.
1: Did you do that on just Christmas day? Did you do that for day How many days did you do that?
0: Whew. Um no. Well, it started with you're and my wife's friend doing a um, pancake breakfast that we've been doing, that she's been doing for years that I would normally show up at and not eat anything. And then last year, I think she made me egg white, uh, an egg white frittata, which I ate while well, you guys all ate pancakes with, what does what, what she pour on it? Maple syrup Honey, and Honey, butter, butter and right. yeah. Something fantastic and awful. Um, no, I had a pancake. Yeah, I will say that by the time I was finishing it, it felt as though the 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 sauce that was on it was like burning my throat because there were it just was some so much concentrated sugar and fat that I don't think I'm really used to. But the beginning was magical.
1: Yeah. Okay, so you started and let me just say for anyone who might be concerned because I think a lot of people can be concerned. We want to set a good example. These are people that are in our we've been podding together for lack of a better word and everyone's been tested as of late and so on very consistently like you know in case anybody thinks we're doing any super spreader shit party events
0: think of that oh yeah the covid aspect um these were not blowouts first of all you and i might as well have been quarantining together yes um everybody else was my family yeah and Your one other friend. Right. Who is my wife's other friend too. Yeah. God, did that just get really like bizarrely polyamorous and gross? I hope it didn't come off that way.
1: (laughs) I mean, I would never see it that way. (laughs) Okay, good. (laughs) I'm just trying to say like we've been, I just, for myself, but we've been very responsible in terms of trying to, you know, maintain all the correct protocols and things that we're all, you know, because the holidays has been a tricky time for that too, for people, you know, not knowing what to do. That's all. So I'm just... Stating for the record,
0: man, um, you guys, you and my wife, thank God for you. Um, I hadn't, I didn't even think about that. I completely forgot. And and by the way, the preamble to this was that I was positing a world in which COVID was over on January 1st. So it is part of, you know, it is clearly a big deal to me too, but yes. Yeah. Okay. So it wasn't, we weren't, um, spitting in each other's mouths. It wasn't a huge amount of people. It was a handful of people that we've all been quarantining with all my kids. um, When they returned from school got tested. Uh, And I know there's some argument like, well, they, they get tested again and again and again, they got tested immediately prior to seeing you.
1: Yeah, totally. Okay. So you started on Christmas Eve morning with pancakes, which is not on your normal plan, no. And then, did you go through Christmas of eating what you wanted and not and not being on your normal plan, or after Christmas too? Well,
0: should we tell them that you served me Christmas Eve dinner in a, <laughs> in a very traditionally Christian way? It
1: wasn't a Christian way. I know I'm kidding. I'm being <laughs> <open bar. laughs> okay. But let's be honest. Yeah,
0: Christianity was clearly born out of Judaism, so maybe it is. Sure. I mean. I'm always happy to be the Shabbos goy and go over. And as you chant next year in Jerusalem, I can turn the lights on and off for you like that. I feel very proud to have as my job. Yes. Um, I'm, I'm obviously kidding. Of course. There were, there were bagels, there was challah, there was matzo ball soup, there was potatoes cooked in, in chicken fat. Mm-hmm. There was a brisket. It was not a Christian meal at all. Right. Um
1: yeah, and not something on your plan. Definitely not something on mine. No, so, my
0: God, I ate three and a half pounds of butter at your house. Yeah, uh, yeah. So that was bad. I mean, bad. That was not normal. Um, and then Christmas, Christmas Day was a complete free for all.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Com- I mean, you know, I was, I was. It, this is this m- magical thing me and my kids um, discovered a long time ago, which is you take. Pillsbury Crescent Rolls and wrap Them around cheese and bacon before You cook them and They it, you know it's like uh, As Emerald would say you've kicked it up a Notch yeah um, Those were fantastic um, There was Giant hunks of fatty Meat and All the carbs and all the fat Consumed at the same time In Complete uh utter regard for caloric density. And there was, I mean, I'm thinking back through the day and going like, I guess there was some protein in that fatty piece of meat I ate, but I think it was way over more fat than protein. Anyway, yes, there was no thought to diet that yeah. day.
1: Yeah. So having done very similar.
0: By the way, can I tell you, I'm writing a book and the end of that day, I got very scared because I want to write something that, um, is helpful to people in a way that, um, that they, that they want it to be helpful. Like if, if you, if you look at me and you go like, he, he did something that I want to do, which is completely fair. Not that I would ever say that I did it the best way, but he did something I want to do. I'm going to read his book, which will be done at some point in the far future, distant future. Um, but here's what I got scared of. So uh, some of the books that were very influential on me as a, as a young kid were like uh, Burroughs' Junkie, Bukowski's Post Office and Women, um, uh, uh, The Basketball Diaries, books of that nature, which I don't think had the effect, the intended effect on me because I read these books and thought, yeah. I want that Mm -hmm. that's where it's at alcoholism and, and being a drug addict truly. I mean that, I mean those books were magical um, and influential on me at a time where I was very much like, you know, I was probably 13, 14 years old when I read those books and, and I read them and went like, Oh my God, look at this magical life. This guy has, um, and I suddenly went to bed Christmas night wondering if after the day of utter debauchery that I had and the sensual pleasure that I'm referring to is taste, um, which I know is a subset of smell, uh, if if I'm writing a book that is going to encourage people to, you know, bathe in a, in a bathtub full of McDonald's French fries.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. You don't want to... You're, are you saying that you uh want to be careful not to make some like glamorize something that was glamorized for you and made you want to do it as opposed to oh my god this is so scary I shouldn't do this
0: yeah I mean but by the way at the same time I don't want to say like n- nobody should experience bathing in a bathtub full of french fries if that's your thing yeah then go at it you know yeah but I i I think that the point of well f- certainly the The basketball diaries the point is not like hey heroin is cool that that is clearly not the point of that book and yet i read it and thought damn heroin is cool right and so if i write a book going like here's how my mind got in the way of me all these years and here's how i beat it beat myself and here's here's how i accomplished this goal that i had for a long time in there is there gonna be this like you know um eating to the point of euphoria was also fun right you know yeah like i'm not gonna lie i mean clearly it wasn't it didn't produce the results that i wanted to produce right Mm -hmm. so i've had to stop doing that right this is a, a real quandary i've found myself it's a pickle yeah don't go anywhere we'll be right back
1: So let me ask you a question or two. So you are in a routine. You like your routine. You love to exercise. Wouldn't you say at this time in your life, love, like, whatever you like, that's, you're looking forward to working out the day after Christmas. Yeah. So what about somebody who is not as solidified in their routine, is not as happy to go to the gym and it's more effort and more of a chore, whether it's going to the gym or working out at home or whatever your situation is. Where you have to put, you have to really push yourself. Maybe how you know if you eat off your plan or you don't work out those couple of days or whatever. Um, what might be some advice, you know, for somebody like that who's like, I don't want to go tomorrow, and that that eating or that not um, you know exercising those couple of days throws them off instead of. You know, it's a routine for you, and I'm just saying. Some people, it's not that easy.
0: No, totally. And by the way, um, as it turns out, on the 26th, it wasn't easy because I felt awful when I woke up. Which is, you know, uh, uh, for me, it's a. It seems to be a byproduct of having refined sugar. I don't feel good typically after I have it. Fat. Doesn't really. The worst thing fat will do is if I eat too much of it at once, I get diarrhea. But then I don't feel poisoned by it. Um, refined sugar, I don't. I don't feel good after I eat that. Um, and 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 that's not to say, like I can have a Gatorade in the gym occasionally and feel f- better because of it. So I'm. I, I don't know at what point the the amount of it. Um, is a factor for me, but that, but I have noticed, like if I have real ice cream, that's not, you know, um, enlightened or, or halo top, uh, I'll I'll have a little weird hangover the next day. And so this day was just like a a total blowout. And, and, um, I felt awful on the 26th. I certainly did not feel like I had the energy to go to the gym. Going to the gym, forcing myself to get to the gym and then exercising, I felt so much better after that. So, and I knew I would. And so that was kind of the the carrot that I was dangling ahead of myself to get there. I think if you're if you're already struggling to get to the gym, I would investigate um, alternative ways to exercise. So if it's the gym for you, um, if that's what, if you have the gym available to you and that's what you're doing and, and, and just going in your, in your normal life during your teen is hard. I would imagine waking up feeling crappy would be even harder. Um, and normally in my life, I, I do look forward to it mostly because I, I know how much better I'm going to feel afterwards. I think that is the thing that keeps me going. It's not like, um, in the middle of doing squats, I'm going, God, this is so awesome. Cause if it's not, it sucks. Yeah. It's not really fun. I do enjoy how I feel after and I enjoy how I feel in the middle of it sometimes. Um, yeah. un- you know, unlike, uh, riding a bike, which is was when i was doing that just a thing that i liked purely while i was doing it i usually felt crappy afterwards Mm. it wasn't the same thing so i would suggest um if you're having trouble finding something that you really enjoy doing and sticking to it that you just explore alternative ways of of exercise because there is an awful lot you can do for exercise
1: yeah that's so true. And I have to remember that myself because I also get into a thing of like, well, if I don't do this, there's a workout I like. So I'm like, if I don't do that this many days a week and the whole time, and if I don't put the weights on my ankles, I'm not really doing it all. And no, and it's like, yeah, but just doing the 45 minutes of it is, I always feel better afterwards, even if it's just feeling accomplished, but usually physically I do feel better too. But yeah, it and I just had to talk myself into like, if that's what I can do right now, that's what I can do. The other is more daunting, you know, to go full blast and and whatever it is, or to run or to, you know, everybody has, I think there's something everybody can find that they like. And you're always a big proponent of going on a walk too.
0: Walk is the best. For me, I think walk is really awesome because, you know, I mean, listen, and and I want to say it's an absolute... Of It's absolutely available to everyone. Obviously, that's not true. If people can't walk physically, then it's not available to them. Um, Part of taking a walk for me is getting outside and and being in a more open setting. Um, Getting some sunlight, I feel better being outside. I feel better looking around. I feel better. So these are the things that are helpful to me with walk. But even if it's like only at night <clears throat> and then I go back to when Clementine was a little baby um, and we lived up this really crazy hill with all kinds of wild creatures roaming around and she would wake up at night. I would walk her around our dining room table and I would f- I would feel better after that walk too. And she would be asleep, thank God. Um, but so I'm saying like, even if you've just are walking around in circles in your apartment, that's better than not yeah. walking around if you're trying, if the point is to get your body moving, right? So if it's snowing and you're not going to go walk outside, I'm just saying like, f- there are ways of, gaming this so that you can figure it out. I have spent an hour walking in circles around my dining room table. I've done that. Um, I'm not saying that's the best way to do it, but it accomplished what I needed it to accomplish. And so for me, walking out my front door is totally ideal. Um, And it's such a good gradient because unless you live on the side of a cliff, it's like, you know, for most people, I think it's fairly easy, you know, I I mean, I don't, I don't actually know, but I would assume most, the majority of houses in America, are, or or if there's somebody, a person in Australia listening to this, the majority of houses are built in an area that's relatively flat um, or walkable.
1: Yeah. No, I like what you say about the dining room table or the front couple stairs from your car to your house or whatever it is.
0: Wherever there's enough space to take a step, you yeah. can figure out moving your body. Yeah. Right. Um, I've done so many weird workouts in hotel rooms. Um, for whatever reason, the gym in the hotel sucked or, you know, I didn't feel like going to the gym for whatever reason, or i worked 16 hours and I got home and the idea of putting on gym clothes and going to the gym and just that extra time seemed crazy to me so like push up squats um dips on the edge of a bed or a dresser or a chair um, and then just moving jog in place pretend you're jumping rope, you know, if you don't have a jump rope, you can, you can do the same motion. Like the rope is not really an integral part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it keeps you honest cause you trip if you, you know, whatever, I'm not very good at jumping rope. Um, but like, yeah, you can, as, as, as long as you're not being held down, move your body. I, I feel better when I move my body, especially after I've poisoned myself as I did on Christmas. Yeah it, it, it yeah, I, I, You know, I could say a bunch of shit about how it, like, flushes your system. I don't know if any of that's true. That's what I imagine is happening. All this, you know, carcinogenic sugar, the evil bad sugar, right, <laughs> which we moralize that I've basically feel like I've been doing lines of in the bathroom. And now I'm, like, hung over with this awful thing. and And then I move and... I don't know if I feel as good as I did prior to everything, but I feel so much better than I than I did prior to the exercise. Yeah. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.
1: In the beginning of this, you talked about we're coming up on January 1st and it's a time to set goals and intentions, right, for the year. And we have this period of time between Christmas and New Year's, which is not off for everyone, but it's typically like a less um, busy time maybe. But my question is like, do you, for you, has it been better to, okay, it's January 1st and decide then what you're going to do? Or is it better to think about it a few days prior so you get the preparation in and so on and so forth so that on the 1st, you're ready to actually implement those things? Because I've tripped up on that myself so many times.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I think about it in different ways. I think about um like if we if we're going to say like there's a first step, you got to take the first step. And the first step for me is the decision. And so that that first step January 1st is such an arbitrary day to me. It is so meaningless and has been so meaningless for a long time. I I I I Really try to rational, rationalize all this, all these dates and holidays, and at the end of the day, I i, I just come up with like <laughs> this is just poppycock. Uh-huh. And but I like the idea of giving yourself a clean say, slate. So if it's January first that you're doing that, awesome, great. Um, for me. The first step is I'm going to do something on January 1st. Whenever that happens, that could be in July, that could be Christmas Day, that could be on January 1st, that could be on December 31st. But the decision of I'm going to do X, whatever that is, the resolution or the goal that you're setting for yourself, that's the first step, right? So you've made that decision. Figuring out how you're going to achieve that is the second step for me. So I've made this decision, whatever it is, I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to um, get a, a heavier deadlift. I'm going to ride my bike for hundred miles consecutively. I'm going to run a marathon, whatever your goal is. Okay. How do I do that? Right. That's step two for me. Step three is preparing, getting everything I need together in order to achieve that. Now, sometimes with like a diet, if I'm thinking about a diet that's going to be three months long, obviously, I'm not going to get together the food for three months, but I would cut it down into stages like, well, I'm going to have all my food ready for the first week so that there is no thought or open door to fucking this up Um, because if I wake up on January 1st, and then have to go to the store to shop for the diet that I was gonna start on January first. I'm not I'm not gonna do it. I'm gonna hit Starbucks on my way. I'm gonna get a double smoked bacon biscuit sandwich and, and a and a caramel frappuccino milkshake, right? That's not really true, but something is gonna get in the way of me starting. This is me. This doesn't have to be you or anybody else, but I'm saying I have failed on January 1st so many times, and I've failed on, by the way, Monday. How many Mondays have I said, I'm going to start Monday, right? Tomorrow is the first day of the rest of my life. Tomorrow is the first day of the rest of my life. If I fucking started tomorrow at five o'clock in the morning the day before because I was getting ready for tomorrow, tomorrow for me only works when I've spent enough time and effort preparing for tomorrow, tomorrow for me has not worked when I wake up and go, okay, what do I have to do to see this through? That has been a big way that I've failed historically. Mm -hmm. Does that answer your question? Yeah,
1: it does. I I mean, that's, yeah, you're talking about from what I get from that is you can't just wake up and start that morning. I mean, you I can. can.
0: Somebody sure, can. Sure, someone maybe, can. I haven't been able to. Yeah. It hasn't no, worked for me.
1: But yeah, it's it's those days of leading up and preparing. Yeah. Days or months or weeks or whatever you're talking However
0: about. However long. Mm-hmm. By the way, another thing that I have um, worked on really hard the past few years is the, the desperate need for immediacy in my goal achievement. I mean... And again I go back to th- imagining that I wo- imagining that I am 250 right now and I go to sleep at 250 and wake up tomorrow at 550 with 300 pounds more and I cannot fathom how much anxiety and anxiousness I would have to get that weight off as fast as possible. And so I totally understand this thing of like wanting to do the fastest wanting to just like being sick of it and wanting that change to happen as quickly as possible. That has not been successful for me either. What I have found to be successful is to recognize a massive time commitment and to be okay with that. And to be okay with it being a process that's really not super fast. And by the way, fast is a relative term. So what's fast for me might be slow for you. And what's slow for me might be fast for you. Who knows? But, uh, you know, I go, I wanted, you know, just the idea that it has to happen now. It has to be quick. Like, am I doing it the most extreme thing? Well, f- well, I lift weights. I I could go into the gym and go like, Well, I'm just going to lift heavier weights, right? And what will happen, what has happened is I wind up damaging my body and having to have a surgery, which puts me out for a long time. So I am now at a place, thank God, where I'm just doing the most I can do so that I can continue to do it basically every day, right? Yeah. And this requires at least one day off a week. And this requires at least one week off, you know, every five or six weeks, and and by off I don't mean like lay in bed all day. There can be like active recovery and stuff, but it requires downtime, and it requires me not killing myself every day because me killing myself every day in the gym or dieting or not eating enough, right, mm-hmm. led to. Um, I can't do this anymore and I'm going to just eat. And when I do that, I'm not going to just eat chicken breasts. I'm going to eat truffled pasta and I'm going to, you know, pour fondue over it. Mm-hmm. And, and when I'm in the gym, it led to, I can put more weight on this bar. I can put more weight on this bar. I can put more weight on this bar. Oh, I've, I've, uh, ruptured a bicep tendon. Oh, I've, uh, destroyed my meniscus. Oh, I've put my back out. Now I can't even go to the gym for a couple of months, right? So I've really tried to settle myself down on the need for any of these goals to be as fast as possible. And I'm just looking at what can I do repeatedly over and over and over again that's going to allow me to do it for the longest period of time. So that's when I'm talking about exercise. But also, I would look at diet and go, I could probably lose 10% of my body weight this week, right? I know I could. In fact, if I really tried, I could probably do it in a day or two. What does that do for me? Because I'm not going to be able to do that consistently. I'm probably not going to look the way I want to look if I do that. And then when I get to whatever goal I've set or or the point where I can't do it anymore and my body says, fuck you, I'm eating because you're going to kill us then it's all gonna come back in a, in a, in a negative way or to me, what, what I would perceive as negative or counter to my, my goal, right? Mm-hmm. So all of that, those I think were side effects of the need for it to be immediate. And so I now am interested in more of what my goal is, really figuring out what my goal is, setting lesser goals to help me achieve that goal, right? And and another thing that I've, I've, um, found to be super useful is to never be hungry. Mm. Um, and I found that to be true on any diet. And now that's not to say like the first week of a diet, you shouldn't be hungry because your body needs to adjust to this kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. But if, if you have, if you get into a routine, whether it's intermittent fasting or keto or fit for life or whatever, whatever diet you're going to do, veganism, carnivore, once your body adjusts to that, it's going to be used to like, I wake up and I eat and then, or I don't, or I eat at four o'clock in the afternoon, whatever it's you've accustomed your body to on this, on this regimen. And it's, and it's now you're into this groove, you're moving along. I had, I found like, if I, if I miss meals, scheduled meals, that can screw it up too. Those are my big I mean, this is like all just general diet stuff. And we were really talking more about specifics to um New Year starting stuff, getting back on the wagon. I so I don't know if that's super helpful to anyone. Don't don't let yourself be hungry. If you're gonna start a diet, you're gonna be hungry in the beginning of a diet. So I take it back. Forget that. That's no, I- advice.
1: <laughs> but it's interesting because I mean it, you know. The holiday eating can be, let's say you've been on a regimen. Um, Shout out to Michael Malice. Yeah,
0: fuck you for being able to pronounce it right, too. (laughs) Sorry,
1: I can't help it. Um, If you've been on something and you've been doing well and you divert at the holidays, whether it's planned, not planned, or whatever, maybe you planned one day, maybe I planned a day and it turned into three or five. Um, (laughs) (laughs) True confessions. But... um, you're talking about not being hungry. And then like, I feel like for myself, when I eat those foods, sugar and overload on anything I wasn't having on my plan, like my hunger's totally weird. I'm doing like doing all right. And then it's three o'clock and normally I would have XYZ at this time. And now I just want to go back to the cake or, you know, whatever. Like it, it can really, the the days during the holidays can really mess up your routine and what you've been in physically. So that's just like a nice reminder. You're going to be hungry. You, you might be, one might be off schedule and, and have to deal with that. So I think it's valuable what you're saying.
0: Yeah. I also think, um, I've, I've had issues in the past where like I take a day or two off and then instead of getting back onto the, in back into the Mm regimen did i say excellent thank you um michael will be proud (laughs) instead of getting back into what i was doing before i'll try to do something extreme for a couple of days you know i don't know if that's a good or bad thing to do um i'm not doing that right now i i i was on i've been doing maintenance and uh and then Christmas Eve and Christmas day were total cluster fucks. And then the 26 on has been back onto maintenance. um, Which means I'm still very diligent with what I eat. I'm just neither trying to lose or gain weight. Um, And I know in the past I probably would have, um, the, if I was doing maintenance, like last year, maintenance leads up to a day off. And then I get on the scale and I'm five or six pounds up in a day or even more. And, and then I'm like, well, I'm not going to go right back onto maintenance. I'm going to go, you know, a little bit less to get these pounds off, but that's not, you're not gaining five pounds of fat in a day. That's not, that's not, I don't, I don't know if that's really possible. I mean, you, you, you have to eat um, th- so many calories in excess of of what your body's using. I mean, it's it's it would be astronomical to gain five pounds of fat. I actually don't think it's possible. Now, if I'm totally wrong, and one person did manage to prove that they gained five pounds of fat in a day, fuck you and your one person. <laughs> That's what I say to you. The one, like you know. Guinness Book of World Records nerd who's keeping track of this and going like, no, there was a guy in 1982 who gained five pounds of fat. I don't even think you could tell that. It's really probably mostly water. All the holiday stuff. You you know, could I have doubled my caloric input in a day? Yeah, I could have done that. That's even if I did that, which I don't even know that I did that, but that's only one pound. Right, right, or maybe a little bit more. I I do eat a lot of food, um,
1: but, but it's yeah, a relatively it would, small. It would be day.
0: about a pound, but I would have have to have eaten, you know, eight thousand calories. I don't know that I was eating eight thousand calories. Maybe I did, but even that pound, it's not going to take a long time to come off. And if I stay on my maintenance, it's going to come off because I'm eating calories for. Whatever I was, by the way, I don't really pay attention to a fluctuation of a pound or two or even three when I'm doing maintenance. So I think for most people, the weight they put on in the few days surrounding Christmas or a holiday like Thanksgiving or a holiday like Easter or fuck, we even do like chocolates at fucking Valentine's Day and then kids birthdays you get cake and then Halloween is candy it's like all why are they all designed around food these holidays were thought up when people were starving and they needed a reason to spend their their savings on a big meal or chocolate for the kids and now where it's like there's just such an abundance like we should redo the holidays we should redo the traditions I think like it should be about something else other than just eating. I'd get so sick of it.
1: Yeah, I know every everything revolves around the meal you're gonna have, or like you said, the candy, and it it is it's something that's just in our it's habitual. You know what I mean? Like who thinks about that? It's just Easter equals candy and Christmas equals overeating, and I don't know.
0: Yeah, my my kids love this wine sauce that I make for the prime rib that i cook every christmas and dude it takes me like three days to make it i'm roasting oxtails and marrow bones and then i'm making a bone broth and then i'm reducing wine and it's just a fucking it's a lot of work for a meal that lasts seven minutes. Mm-hmm. You know.
1: Yeah, I had an aunt uh when I was growing up, and she refused to cook for the holidays. And her thing was like, "You cook all day, and they eat it in twenty minutes." I'm not doing it. You know. <laughs> I, I, I'm with her. What's yeah.
0: the point? It's like I, it feels totally irrational to me. Yeah. Um. But I had fun. I guess. I don't <laughs> yeah. know. I don't know if any of it's worth it. I'm. I am seriously. I. I, I uh, intellectualize these things so much that I'm just like, what are we doing? This is complete lunacy.
1: Yeah, I think it is worth it. And I think we're creating memories, you know, so
0: I really think what you cooked was worth it.
1: Well, thanks. That's funny. But it was it was different for you to have that because you usually do something else on Christmas Eve. So it's like a nice little change, right?
0: Yes. And we could say that we weren't able to do what we normally do on Christmas Eve, which is normally a massive family blowout because of COVID. Yeah. And so we were, we were keeping our um, our safety caps on, our, right. our hard hats on, our COVID hard helmets. Um, uh, yeah, is it really worth it? When I say I think what you did was really worth it, it's kind of a joke because I didn't have to do the work. And I'm only saying <laughs> right. that all your hard work and then you've, you coursed out the meal that was smart.
1: Thank you. A-
0: and if it took you four days to make that meal, I don't care. <laughs> I liked it. I enjoyed the meal. I'm saying I cannot see the, I don't know what I'm saying anymore. I don't know what the point of anything is. I, I'm just going to be a nihilist for the 2021.
1: Okay. That's fine.
0: Um, does anybody who's listening to this like walking?
1: That's a good question.
0: That's what I'd like to know. Because I am thinking about inviting you on a walk.
1: So if people are interested in walking and live in, let's say, the Los Angeles area.
0: Do you want to go on a walk when the lockdown is over?
1: Yeah. When it's safe to interact with people and the.
0: Yeah. Again, I am live in my own bubble where I'm not necessarily paying attention to everything. And my own bubble is my house and the grocery store. Um And so I was going to invite all you people who live in Los Angeles on a walk uh, on Saturday the 2nd. And my wife said, I think that that's not a good idea because we're in a lockdown. And I was like, oh yeah, I guess you're right. I forgot about that. I don't know how I forgot about that. Um, But I guess we're maybe not even allowed to do that legally. Anyway, when the lockdown's up, let's go for a walk. I'd like that.
1: Yeah. And if people are interested in that, they could email um, AmericanGlutton.net. Go to AmericanGlutton.net and send a note and say if you'd be interested in it. That would be cool to see.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So if you want to go on a walk, by the way, I will say that I don't want to touch anyone or get within six feet of anyone. So it would be a, would be a, whatever the socially rules are. distant yeah, with
1: okay. masks and good,
0: but we could go on a walk somewhere flat. And mm-hmm. if you, if you don't have anyone to, to take, to go on a walk with, let's go on a walk. That'd be good.
1: That'd be really right? good.
0: I'm, I'm inviting you when lockdown's over. You know, I think about this mostly page because I'm not interested in suggesting to people that the solution or my solution exists in any elitist thing like this one trainer or this one really expensive diet. First of all, it's not been true for me. But second of all, I I think that the first step is the decision to change. And then the second step is f- Figuring out how you're going to accomplish this goal. Um, I had Brandy, and you know, I'm clearly not going to offer Brandy up. Brandy is my wife to people as like. By the way, it wasn't even that she like knew anything about nutrition or anything. I just had a per- a person yeah to 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 kind of like, you know, for lack of a better word, hold my hand right. And I think about it in terms of a power greater than myself. Brandy and I are a power greater than just me. Us two are greater than me. We have more willpower. We have more determination. Um, I can be accountable to her. I I can I have somebody to talk to about it. I have a partner. Well, I can't. I'm sitting here going like, I would love to be people's partner. I can't do that. That's, there's a lot of people, but like, if you don't have anybody to go on a walk with, which I think is a great first step, I'll go walk with you. Let's go walk. I mean, I'm not going to fly to your hometown and walk with you if you live in Des Moines, but like, there's a good flat park in Los Angeles. If you want to go on a walk and you're not going to be like super creepy or weird or whatever let's go for a walk if you'd like to go on a walk that's what that's what my thought was i wanted to do this january 2nd um because i think everybody could use a little help in in taking their first step and uh but i i i then by i guess you and the powers that be of sanity and, and rational thinking said can't do it right now because there's a pandemic happening and people would get mad and possibly sick so those those two are bad outcomes um but that's my plan i'd like to do that
1: i think that's awesome i'm looking forward to that
0: yeah you're gonna come hell yeah okay good you're gonna be my security guard (laughs) okay good (laughs) um all right i think that's it what else do we have to say
1: I think that's it for now. I love the tips you gave. And I think this is a perfectly, um, it's just something we're all dealing with all the time. And I don't know anyone who didn't, I don't personally know anyone who didn't go off their plan to a greater or lesser degree over this last week. So I think it's super helpful, even if it was just for me. So thank you.
0: Yeah. I have weird uh, ideas of like, you know, um the Ayn Rand archetype, who's just like almost a Don Draper type, who's just like a total objectivist and exists in a world where nothing matters except what they want, you know, not harming people, but like Christmas is meaningless to them. This is a weird fantasy and they they don't have wonderful children who are going to, you know, bake a banana bread and, and want to see your face light up when you taste it. You know, Don Draper's not taking a bite of that banana bread. If he doesn't feel like it. No, he's not. Um,
1: Fuck Don Draper. (laughs) I love Don Draper. (laughs) That doesn't sound like fun though. No, it doesn't sound like fun. And you know what? I just want to say one more thing or ask you one more thing. So it, you know, We've discussed so many times and everyone knows like, yeah, you can get pleasure from eating. And like part of the holiday eating is it's stuff that tastes good for the most part, whether it's candy, whether it's something your kids baked, whether it's something you cooked for three days or 20 minutes or whatever, like there is pleasure in that. So like, I think. I think,
0: by the way, by design, and when I say design, I'm not saying, um, you know, intelligent design. I'm not even broaching that subject, right? I'm staying away from the ideas. I'm not saying we evolved in a certain way, but I I do believe that our bodies um, processes. And I think it's like kind of the same for sex. Like we have urges to seek out pleasure in certain areas because it's going to keep us alive. In nature, sugar is super rare. So y- you know, you kill a gazelle, you eat the gazelle. You've had five pounds of gazelle meat sitting in your gut. There's not a centimeter of space, and you're walking home, and you stumble upon a berry bush that's bursting with berries. Well, guess what? Your stomach's going to make room for the berries because sugar is rare, and in nature, and so. You got to get some berries into you, right? Um, Well, what are some of the triggers that can help make that happen? Pleasure. Mm -hmm. So sugar tastes delicious to most people, you know? Yeah. And so we want to eat it and we want to eat more. And our, our bodies have ways of manipulating themselves to create more room for sugar. What a wild thing. Well, guess what? There's no such thing as a 7-Eleven in, you know, hunter-gatherer days where wherever these things were developing, wherever the sense of pleasure w- was being formulated in, s- in so many genetic lines. Um, and the, there's no peanut M&Ms and there's no red vines. I'm only thinking about movie theater candy now because I miss movies. But do uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's a big deal. You know, that's a big deal that, that we can consume so much stuff and, and the pleasure is not bad. The pleasure, the pleasure is useful. Mm -hmm. It's, it's a survival mechanism, right? Uh, we have, I like, I, I don't want to have a conversation about sex with you. I think sex is such a silly act when I think about it. Like, I don't like getting a massage because I don't like people touching me. Sex to me seems like such a bizarre, silly thing to do with somebody, right? Um, And then it's really fun. And our bodies are programmed to really like doing that weird act where we're – the most covered parts of our body are now intermingling. That's an odd thing, I think. Most of the time, yeah, until it's something I want to do, and then it doesn't seem odd at all, yeah. It's so, but these kind of pleasure things are part of survival. So, mm-hmm. I don't think it's like I don't think it's bad to enjoy food or get pleasure out of food. I just found that I was seeking pleasure with food to such a degree that it was like harmful to myself. You know, I don't think drinking a glass of wine is bad. I think it's probably healthy for most people, but I can't do that. I can't have the pleasure of a glass of wine. I want to drink magnums of wine by myself, sitting in my car, crying, listening to sad music. Yeah. And then I want to simultaneously fight the world while telling the world that I love it so much, you know mm-hmm.
1: that's
0: that's my issue that's my cross to bear i I think that i i don't th- i I don't think like we should be um these kind of puritanical people who who um uh, abolish pleasure from our lives. I do think I had to go a while without pleasure in food and then kind of build up my I mean, listen, I would be willing to bet that if I worked really, really hard and spent a lot of time and effort working at being able to have one glass of wine once a month, I could maybe pull it off. But the fact of the matter is I don't have the time to do that. I yeah. have kids, I have a wife, and the, the, the failure there is my life falling apart. So the failure with me at a diet is I get fat again, Mm -hmm. which will take a lot longer to kill me than me as a drunk or using drugs. That's a much quicker death. So I have no interest in trying to figure that out. I have to figure out food because we all have to eat. So I have to get food under control for myself, right? So I do that. With a lot of work, I've gotten to the point where You know, a small slice of, what was that ridiculous thing you served us?
1: It was a chocolate tort. Is that what it's called? I don't know. It was a gift to me. Okay. Which I pawned off on all of you, but I also So a gift
0: to you. So you've just admitted that it was a COVID thing. (laughs) Somebody clearly with COVID prepared this, smeared COVID all over it, and then you served it to us. Sorry to say. Okay. That was insane. I was able to have a paper thin slice of that, yeah. which was probably as wide as a stack of paper, <laughs> and didn't, you know, and I really enjoyed it. Was delicious, and I didn't have a second slice. Yeah, I don't know that that would have been true ten years ago, right? I don't know. You know, I don't. I don't think I w- would have gone that way
1: mm-hmm.
0: ten years ago when I had read. Um, Tim Ferriss's book, which I liked very much. And I, and I was given the opportunity to have cheat meals or no, not cheat meals, cheat Cheat days. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: It was a disaster because I was doing things to my body on those cheat days that wiped out anything, any positive gains I had made the whole week. Um, But it took a lot of work. And now I can experience pleasure from food. So I don't want anybody to think when I'm saying like food is entertainment, it can't ever be entertainment. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's entertainment. Sometimes I want to be entertained by food. I fucking Halo Top and Enlightened occasionally because I want entertainment. I'm not eating that because it's good sources of protein or anything else. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I like that.
0: Okay. I, I just wanted to clarify, you brought yeah. up pleasure. And I no, don't I, I'm not sitting here going pleasure is bad. Right. I don't think that.
1: No, I think that's a great point. And I think to your point of it took you however many years to be able to eat just one small slice of cake. And you know that about yourself. And I think we all deep down know what's gonna happen. I know I can allow myself X, Y, or Z in a certain planned way, and I can be on my, you know, program the next day. And I also know if I allow myself too many of those in a row. I'm not, you know, that's what I know about myself. So I think, yeah, it's a good point.
0: It gets harder and harder for me the more time away from my program I spend mm-hmm. to get back onto it. Yeah. It always seems harder and harder and, and requires more effort um, to get back on. But yeah. then, you know, then I do.
1: Yeah. And that's what this episode is all about, getting back on after the holidays.
0: Getting back on after the holidays. And how our prediction for January 1st, 2021, tomorrow, or today, if you're listening on right. Friday, um, is that the whole world is different. <laughs> it's all different. Like rose-colored glasses, Yeah, war's over if you want it. This is me manifesting. Grace, my youngest, is really into manifesting in crystals and stuff. Which I don't understand at all, but she says, like, you just say it a lot. Mm. And if you say it a lot, then that's how it is. So again, January 1st, 2021, it's all changed. It's all, it's all, all, every, all the bad stuff is gone.
1: I'm in on that.
0: Okay, good. Great. Thank you, Paige. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of American Glutton. I'm Ethan Suplee and as always, joined by my chaperone, Paige Dorian. Follow us on Instagram at American Glutton Podcast. Sincerely.